two quick reminders before we get to this amazing interview with El Chase. First, this episode is going up on Sunday, June 12th in the morning, which means you have a couple of hours left to enter the amazing half a million celebration giveaway that I'm doing for a $310 Enjoy 11, which is 2.75 pounds of stainless steel pleasure. <laughs> the contest closes at 11.30 p.m. Eastern time in the United States, and this episode is going up around 8 a.m. So for those of you that listen, as soon as this episode comes out, you still have a chance to get your entries in. There's over 700 entries at this point, so make sure you at least at a minimum get your daily tweet in. And also don't forget, there's a couple of days left to the Kickstarter for that super fun sex communication game, Weapons of Mass Seduction. And the link for that is on sexgetsreal.com for this episode. So go, you know, give them some support and check out the game. You can actually download the cards for free if you check out their Kickstarter. And by funding them, you get a hard copy of the game with some really beautiful artwork. So let's help them get funded because I totally love what they're doing and I think it's super cool and I want more like games that don't have gender and aren't heteronormative and that we're, are going to have BDSM expansion packs because that just sounds awesome. Here we go with El Chase. Hey everybody, Dawn Sarah here with your new episode of Sex Gets Real. And there is someone that I constantly, constantly refer to their work in my advice to all of you. And I'm so excited that she's finally here on the show with us. So welcome to Sex Gets Real, L Chase. Ah, oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've wanted to be on this podcast for so long. Oh so gosh. I'm so glad it worked out. Me too. So for those of you that don't know, L Chase is a sex educator, an author with a new book all about fat sex that's going to come out soon. And she's also the creator of Lady Cheeky, which is kind of how I keep my sex life alive <laughs> and how I tell everybody to keep their sex lives alive. So I'm like, oh, just so in awe of everything you put out into the world. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. You're welcome. So I would love to start there with Lady Cheeky. Hey. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, my partner and I have a long distance relationship right now. And, uh, I know lots of people are either in long distance relationships or they just lead really busy lives. And so they don't have as much time as they used to maybe at the beginning of their relationship. And for me, one of the things that Lady Cheeky has done is it's given me a way to send really sexy images to my partner. We use it as part of our sex all of the time. Love it. And I just love the images that you curate. And so I'd love to know, like, how did you get started with it? And how do you feel now that it's blossomed into what it has? Um, you know, I got started with it because I was in a sexless marriage mm. and, you know, a string of, a string of happenings occurred and I found myself wanting to connect with my sexuality because I had never done that before. And I started looking for porn online. And at the same time, I was, I was being romanced as it were by, um, by somebody and we were sending pictures back and forth and I started Lady Cheeky as a way for us to share pictures. It was never supposed to be seen necessarily by anyone. It was just our pictures. 
And so he would send me pictures and I would post them and I would post some to him and we'd talk about it and it would spur, you know, some sex and some sexuals <laughs> and some sexting and anything to do with sex. And, um, and then people found it and I guess really responded to what I was putting up there. And I think what they responded to was, I am a woman that is fully grounded in my passion and my sensuality. Um, and I didn't know that then. And yet I was expressing it through what I was posting. Mm. I was posting things I wanted to do with my lover. I was posting um, facial expressions that I wanted to be able to um, to have. We were having sex, you know, any sort of nuance mm -hmm. or, or, uh, or, or just any sort of feeling or temperature. Um, I would send him. And I think that's what people tap into is that mm -hmm. what I, what I try to do uh, is what I've been doing from the very beginning is I only post pictures that I, I like that turns me on mm -hmm. that I find. And usually those are authentic passion, desire um, of all kinds between, you know, gay and lesbian, um, you know, all different, you know, body positive mm -hmm. photos, um, uh, I wish I had more diverse um, porn to post <laughs> of of people of color yeah. and people with disabilities. But there's just a dearth that of of porn out there mm -hmm. that is uh, that isn't you know stereotypical or you know that yeah. is that's really erotic. But I'm finding it anyway. So um, so I'm really excited that that you seem to be one of the people that that really likes to use it for their sex life. And that's exactly mm -hmm. the intention of it. It's not, it's not to, um, to glamorize any type of sex or, or, uh, or bodies or sexual tastes. It is there fully to let that well up in you so that you can express it, whatever that is. Oh, okay. There's so much in there that I want to talk about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so the first thing that just like, I'm totally amazed by is, a couple of years ago, I had a lover, and longtime listeners of the show will know Mr. 45 by name, and he was a, he was a married man who was in a don't ask, don't tell open marriage, and so our affair was, you know, secret, and one of the ways that we would communicate is we both created tumblers, mm -hmm. and we would share images back and forth, but as the relationship had to come to an end, both of us stopped doing the tumblers because it had been for each other. And so one, I love that you started it that way because that just feels so personal for me. But two, I'm so glad that you are, are still maintaining it after the thousands and thousands of pictures and all of the years, I'm assuming that you've been yeah. doing this because it's just such a beautiful repository of like sensual erotic images. Thank you. And you know, uh, the man that I was sharing the pictures with, with was also married. Mm. Um, and, but he was not in a don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> but that's a whole other show. At any rate, it was long distance. Mm -hmm. And I have friends now who um, have partners that will work out of town a lot or who are long distance and they'll use Lady Cheeky mm -hmm. as, um, as a way to keep in touch. There's a lot of uh, need out there, I think, for erotic pornography, yeah. sensual pornography that isn't straight to the cock shot, straight <laughs> right. to the cum shot. You know, there's a lot of that out there and, you know, you can feed on it as much as you want and you should purchase it and, and 
go to town with it all you want. But there is a dearth of um, of sensual porn that is just mm-hmm. there to arouse, yeah. not to get off. So my site is more for people who want to stay on it a little bit longer as opposed to just getting off, if that makes sense. I think one of the reasons that, you know, there's literally a billion porn tumblers yeah. out there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have used many of them for many different reasons over the years. But the reason for me, Lady Cheeky, I, I mean, my partner and I literally use it probably five to six days a week. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like one link to be a little tease. And sometimes we'll yeah. tell a whole story and we'll mm-hmm. use 30 images that like the story mm-hmm. unfolds from all of these images we're pulling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you're so right that one of the things that keeps me coming back is there's lots of places for me to just see banging, you know? Right. And like, yeah. that can be hot and it certainly serves yeah. a purpose. But so many of the images that you post, it's like her eyes widening mm-hmm. as he slips inside or it's right. his finger across her lower lip or, yes. you know, it's the way like fingers are entwined while they're fucking or, you know, it's like yep. the way they're making eye contact. And so... Those are all the ways that I want to feel and express. And so I love that, you know, you're putting it out there because that's how you want to have sex and that's how you want to feel as well. And I think that's one of the reasons why it translates so beautifully. I thank you. And I think you're right too. And I think there's also something about um, the shaming quality of of people who are new to pornography. Mm -hmm. When you're using it to get in touch with your own sexuality or using it to be intimate with your partner or whoever, um, I think it's important to show all the aspects of what sex is like that is so delicious. Like I just posted the other day a picture of a woman. Um, her mouth is very close to his cock and it's really erect and he's just come and there's come all over his cock. And, and, you know, there are some people that might look at that and go, Oh, that's disgusting. I don't want to see come. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But if you look at it and switch your mind in a different paradigm, that's super, super sexy. Mm-hmm. It is for some people, some people might not like it, but for others, it will be a picture for them that will make them realize, you know what? That is sexy. I like, I like to lick it up when my, mm-hmm. when my boyfriend comes or yeah. whatever. And, um, or just seeing someone being choked, yeah. you know, not hard, but you know that they're being, that they're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I try and stay away from some things that aren't so clear that they are consensual, <laughs> right. uh, but, but you know, and, and, there, there will be things that will just sort of pique your interest. There is this one clip, and I don't know where it's from, but it's of a guy coming up behind his his partner and just basically kissing her neck for about five minutes mm. and rubbing mm-hmm. her head. And it is the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I have seen that. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, that right there, it's just like, okay, I have to go excuse myself. Yeah. So it's... um. I, I, that I really, the reason I continue to do it is because I continue to learn stuff about myself and also, um, it's out there for other women like me, women of a certain age, women who have never orgasmed, who have never found pornography, um, uh, scintillating or mm-hmm. useful. This is that sort of entree into that, um, to discover because there's really filthy stuff 
from, you know, just fucking. Yeah. And then there's cuddling. And then there's two guys <laughs> sucking each other off. And mm-hmm. there's two girls licking each other. And it's just all different types um, because it's all sexy. It's all about passion. Yeah. They're always into it, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that's so wonderful is the variety of erotic experiences that you share, you know, because for me, some of my favorite sex is hand sex. Yes. So I love fingers on me and in me and teasing me. That's just one of my favorite sexual experiences. And mm. and I totally love intercourse, you know, and I love mm. all the putting things in all the holes. But, mm. you know, I think so often when we're looking at pornography, it tends to be intercourse or very specific types of blowjobs. Yes. And... and yeah. Yeah. And so like, I love that your site is licking and nibbling and kissing and hands in all the places and mouths in all the places and bodies coming together in all these different ways. And I think that that also helps to feed a lot of creativity in the fantasies then that we build for ourselves. I agree. And and I think that penetrative sex um, is a very small part of what sex is. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah, you can stick something in a hole. um, But that is a very small part of what the whole gestalt of, of sex is or good sex is. Yeah. Because even if you're having quick sex against a wall, the, penetra- the penetration isn't what is so hot. It is <laughs> the feelings, the, yeah. the urgency, the yeah. turn on, the chemistry. And, you know, I was just um, – I just spent a few days with a lover who is extremely into touch and cuddling mm. and – and yes, we had penetrative sex and we had hands, we had all that kind of stuff. But the most satisfying thing, I think, at least for me, and I, I would venture to say for him too, was the intense holding and touch mm-hmm. and exploration and giving each other time yeah. and the, um, and the, uh, the ability to, um, to please each other mm-hmm. with our hands, because I really do think that that, you know, we need touch. We just, yeah. we need it. And, and we just don't have it enough of it these days. And cuddle parties are great, mm-hmm. but intimate touch yeah. is, there's something very special and different about that. Yeah. And I also think having the opportunity to be really present with a lover mm-hmm. yes. and to have the anticipation and the tease mm-hmm. and to be able to like build up and create. I mean, I love a good, hard, fast fuck, Yeah, you know, that just like comes out of nowhere. Cause that yeah. there's like that feral animalistic, mm-hmm. but I also love, you know, one of the reasons that I love kink so much is because it, it automatically builds in the mm-hmm. time, the touch, the tease, the attention. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's captured so beautifully in all of these images. And I have to tell you, you know, my sex coaching clients, mm-hmm. I probably 70% of them, mm-hmm. I've given them homework to use Lady Cheeky, oh, you know, as a way to start conversations, to talk about sex in new ways, to get curious with each other and send each other flirty links to kind of mm-hmm. rebuild desire. And so I think like, that's just one of the ways that porn and erotic images can really come to a place where it's fulfilling your life, mm-hmm. you know, instead of being a substitute for something. I agree. And I think that 
um, paying attention to arousal um, for both parties is where it's at, mm-hmm. you know, and our, our levels of arousal change depending on our moods and what our, you know, as, you know, Emily Nagoski would put it, you know, what our, what our break is and what <laughs> our accelerator is and all of that. But the one thing that sort of stays the same is that we can get aroused. We have that ability and indulging that arousal I think heightens any experience. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of being really turned on and having sex and maybe orgasming and being really, really turned on. And difference in the orgasm, the difference in the sex, Mm -hmm. the difference in the memory of the sex, um, the difference of the experience, for me at least, is, is they're miles apart. Yeah. And it's like, you know, to use a, a hackneyed dieting metaphor, <laughs> I hate diets, but, but you know, if you're going to cheat, cheat with something good, you yeah. know, don't have like, don't have a candy bar when you could have the molten lava cake from the Ivy or something right. like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I don't, I, you know, now I'm just spitballing, but, <laughs> but arousal is so very important. Mm-hmm for women especially, to be able to orgasm and to also realize that they don't need to have an orgasm in order to have a completely fulfilling experience uh, with their partner. Um, Yeah. I think that's so important. Uh, One of the things that Feminista Jones said to me once when I was interviewing her was that she's gotten to a point in her sexual experience where for her orgasm is often the most boring part of the sexual experience. You know, she would prefer... 90 minutes of like teasing and experience and connection and, and, and building in all of the energy and the heat than something shorter that ends in orgasm. And I think that's so important. You know, I think so many of us are so focused on, I can't orgasm or it takes me too long to orgasm or orgasm, orgasm, orgasm. And Mm. orgasms are great. I mean, and I have the luxury of being someone who comes fairly easily, but Mm. You know, when I think about my most memorable sexual experiences, it was often because something that was totally alighting all of my senses was happening and it was intense and intimate and erotic. And, you know, we were, we were going someplace together that didn't Mm -hmm. have a destination, that's right. That is, you are, you have hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, that is when it is most satisfying, even if you're fucking somebody that you met 20 minutes ago. Yeah. I think, um, it's, it's great when you have a partner who wants to consciously go on that journey with you mm-hmm. and who is as much a, a nerd about, arousal and sex and how to do things and where the spots are and all of that. But at the end of the day, uh, we all just need to drop all of that shit Mm -hmm. and just really try and be present and connect. And, um, because being present is where the pleasure is. Boy, that sounds like I'm a guru. (laughs) Being present is where the, you know, is where the, whatever is. Where the pleasure is. Yeah, where the pleasure is. You can start your pleasure cult. <laughs> yeah, start my pleasure cult. That'll be on the t-shirts. So that's, that's right. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the the aesthetic that you create with the with Lady Cheeky is very specific. Yeah. And I can 
I, I mean, I think you have over 2,000 pages now. Something like it's that. probably more than that because that was that was a couple of months ago when I, when I was hunting for some <laughs> porn. But you know, I mean, uh, you know, I can count on on going there and having a very specific experience, and I can go to page one, page one thirty five, page thirteen hundred and fifty, and know that I may not know exactly what the images are, or what the people are doing, but that I'm going to have a certain feeling when I'm there, and. Yes. And I, isn't that what's now translated into this new coloring book that you're a part of? <laughs> yes, thank oh, you. Jay. It up. Yeah, um, tell us, we, tell us, tell us. We had our soft launch, but our our, our actual launch is June first. But um, it is called um, it's called the Totally Naughty um, Coloring Book. The Totally Naughty Coloring Book, um, NSFW Totally Naughty Coloring Book, and it is it's it's really naughty. It's it's a coloring book done by shevibe.com. They yes. are a um they're a website that sells sex toys and and all that kind of stuff. And Alex Kotkin is an artist, a comic artist, and he does all of their artwork and he drew all the pictures in it with um with my direction. So they would say, "What what do you want to see um on these pages? They're 36 pages." And so I would tell them, "Okay, in this scene, I want a guy sitting on a couch masturbating while um, you know, he's fucking his girlfriend on the couch or something like that. And then they would draw it up and I'd look at it and I'd tweak some things. And, um, and it's this great, really sexy, I think hot adult coloring book. Mm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about, there's nothing out there like it and, um, it's very high quality. So I cannot, I mean, the cover alone with you is so so phenomenal. Like, holy shit. (laughs) I didn't even, you know, they were just like, you know, we're thinking about putting you on the cover. I'm like, eh, no one wants to put me on the cover. <laughs> put somebody else on the cover. They're like, no, we think we want to put you on the cover. And then they drew me, and I was like, oh, no, that's way too thin. I'm not that thin. <laughs> <laughs> you have got to widen the hips. I am, that is not, no one's going to buy that. That's me in 10th grade. Um, so... So yeah, so they so they did it, and it, it's it, they're just the greatest people over at She Vibe. They're full of integrity, and they're so talented, and and they have the best intentions. And I think it shows in this in the quality of this book. Oh, I cannot wait to get my hands on a copy and color all the nakedness. Well, you'll have to give me your address so I can send you one. <gasps> Well, look at that, listeners. I just got yeah. myself a naughty coloring book. That's still a naughty coloring book. That's right. Uh, yeah, well, for those of you that are listening, be sure that you check this out. I mean, not only is the cover super hot with L, but uh, I think I saw like one or two little teaser pictures from one yeah. of your posts. And, you know, if you curated and helped to kind of direct the art, then I think this is going to be a sexy as hell coloring experience. I, I think it is. And it, and it's diverse. You know, there's all different kinds of relationship models and and there's something in there for everyone. But but thank you. Yeah, you can get it at SheVibe.com. Awesome. So we will have links on SexGetsReal.com for this episode so everybody can go check out SheVibe. And then you have been super busy writing a new book all about fat sex. I have been. It's been quite an experience, but I've had just a, a 
terrific time doing it. It's called the uh, Curvy Girl Sex, 101 Body Positive Positions to Empower Your Sex Life. And um, it comes out uh, January 20th, 2017. And we're about to do the photo shoot with April Flores on oh, May 7th. Fun. She's amazing and stunning and has, you know, a full-figured body. Mm-hmm. And um, we also have someone doing illustrations. So you get to see April and all these cool clothes and the lingerie, and then you get to have illustrations where you really can see how to, how to have sex as a larger-bodied person. Oh. Um, and um, I'm hoping that it's, it's pretty darn comprehensive. Mm-hmm. I, I've put some sex ed in there i've put quotes from you oh, well, thank you. a lot of other people in there and um there's going to have a huge resource section where people of size mm-hmm. can find just about anything they want from from porn to lingerie to sex toys to websites to periodicals um just everything you can imagine um is going to be in there so i'm really really excited about it Oh, and I'm so excited to hear that there's going to be resources for porn Yeah, because I feel like that's a a space that really needs more attention for people of size. You know, I mean, I know there's Kitty Stryker and I know April Flores and I, I, Courtney Trouble, you know, maybe, maybe one or two other folks out there who don't have conventionally skinny bodies, but you know, that's a space where I want so much more representation. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad that that's a, a part of the resource section. That's really exciting. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that we have to uh, be able to see ourselves in the erotica that we like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not, not that there's anything wrong with fetishizing, if you're into that, but something that really supports us as, as sexual beings without noticing our bodies. Right. We just happen to we have a body and we're in this scene and no one's referencing how big we are you know right right and being able to enjoy what our body is capable of without guilt or shame or feeling like we have to hide yeah and you know also too for men who uh have uh certain ideas of what it is or have been brought up with certain ideas of what it is to be a certain kind of man Mm -hmm. or a certain kind of man who likes a certain type of woman Mm -hmm. or likes a certain type of guy. Um, You know, there'll be all of that so that you can share it with your lover, no matter how they identify. Yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody recently who uh, I won't share too many details about who they are just to protect their anonymity. Mm. But uh, something that they said to me was fit people don't want to be with unfit people. And anyone who thinks otherwise is fooling themselves. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was said from this place of, so all of us should like, you know, take care of ourselves or be in the body that we want to be in, but be realistic. And you know, I just kind of thought to myself, well, first of all, my partner is like so ridiculously superhero fit and I mm-hmm. am so fat mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have super amazing sex and it totally works. But, you know, I think that there's this, um, this, there, there's just these myths out there about, you know, fat is lazy, fat is ugly, fat is unwantable, fat is absolutely not sexual. And that's, you know, certain types of people with certain types of bodies would never want to be with a fat person. Yeah. And so, you know, I love that you're putting more content out into the world that helps to 
bust those myths and to give all of us permission to just connect with the people we want to connect with and have the kind of sex we want to have no matter what body you're in. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. It is a myth. We have been sold a bill of goods saying that we have to, as women, look a certain way in order to be sexual or attractive or desirable. And it really is just a lie because when you stop buying into that and you go out there and you you act as if you are sexy mm-hmm. <laughs> or believe you are sexy and go out there um, – all different types of people are going to be attracted to you. Yeah. There, it, it is. It is. Uh, I got to say, my my. Uh, I have this lover now who is literally doesn't have an ounce of fat on him, yeah. and he is he's ripped and he's this and he's that and it doesn't really matter to me because it's the connection that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he loves my body. He loves he loves the womanliness of it, the softness of it. He loves what it can do, the kind mm-hmm. of pleasure it gives him. And this is not like a relationship I have. This is just – this is someone I have sex with a few times a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really empowering to realize that you are appreciated for who you are. Because yeah. there are – I think that when you're dating, there are people that – really like your body type and people who don't care about right. your body type. And the difference for me is which one touches my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> the person who likes my body type touches my stomach. The yeah. person who doesn't care doesn't, but it doesn't matter because they don't care. Right. You know, they right. think you're sexy no matter what. And, um, uh, I got to tell you, it, the amount of people that one can date, <laughs> no matter what they look like. Yeah. They find their sexual self once mm-hmm. they are grounded in their sexuality is just it, it it it's incredible. It just explodes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's so powerful. Of you could take two people who basically have the same body, um, you know, shape, size, weight, whatever, and if one person is, I think really apologizing for who they are and the other is well here I am and like take me or leave me but I I have something to bring to the table you're going to feel very differently about those two attitudes and you know I think one of the other things that's so tough is it's okay to not love all of yourself and it's okay to not feel good for many of the days and it's okay to to not be totally in love with your body all of the time and to even like be down on yourself and I feel like I feel like sometimes when you're in the right relationships it actually helps you to learn how to love yourself in new ways finding a way to create space for the complexity of all of the different ways we experience ourselves in relationships is so important Yes. I, I, you know what? I think that's so important that you brought that up. Um, I think, I think if we think that we're going to love our bodies 100% all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, or even love our bodies at all, let's just say I don't love my body at all, Yeah. but you know what? I think I'm sexy. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I will go through entire months and I'll be like, down on myself and look at myself and then switch that around to um, to at least thinking something neutral because mm-hmm. the negative thoughts will just – they'll be the ones that undo you, right? Yeah. But not beating myself up for, for feeling bad about myself. Yeah. But when it comes to having sex, that goes away and it's like I'm in my sexual self, man. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here for pleasure. This is who I am. And then that person you're with sees you for that. Yeah. They, see, they see that in you. The married man that I was dating said – you know, because he was like the six four blonde, you know, whatever guy, and really fit. And 
he said, um, you know, you could, you could show me like Christy Brinkley or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and then who doesn't have a sense of her sexuality Mm -hmm. and then put a woman who's 300 pounds next to her who does, Mm -hmm. he'll take the 300 pound woman every time. Yeah. Because she owns her sexuality. Yeah. And that's way more fun. Ugh, it is. It and is. It's, it's more fun for, for you, too. You mm-hmm. know, like, I spent so many years of my life spending most of the time that I was having sex trying to keep my tummy hid, yes. trying to keep lingerie in a certain spot, trying mm-hmm. to have the lights off or dark enough that I felt like I was hiding. And so I was never really, really super present with the sex you know, mm-hmm. moments here and there, but I was mostly just kind of trying to be invisible. Yeah. You know, and really just being a, a like tits and a pussy, and I didn't want anything yeah. else on me to exist. And mm-hmm. and now that it's so much more embodied for me, mm-hmm. uh, it's completely changed my sexual experience. Oh, it, night and day, right? Yeah. yeah, just night and day because. You can't, you can't be in your shame and in your pleasure at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it is once you're able to free your mind from that and just let it go. Yeah. Because uh, there is a time where you just go, I'm so sick and tired of worrying about how I look. Yes. Um, I am just going to do it. And if he, if, you know, if he's into it, he's into it. If he's not, he's not. Go, go away. I'll watch, you know, yeah. Dateline and, you know, have a glass of wine. That's so, right. You know, <laughs> There are better things in this world. And, you know, look, I think we both, being sex educators, can probably have sex with ourselves better than we can have sex with, you know. Fact. Half the, half the, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yep. We don't need, we know the difference. Yeah. And, and um, it's, it's just, it, it is, it's just night and day. I'm not being very articulate because it's the end of the day. I feel like I have sundowners. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, all of a sudden it starts to get a little dark yep. and I don't know what my address is. Quite all right. (laughs) No, but I mean, I I think you're so right. Like that has absolutely been my experience and being able to really be in your pleasure and know that you deserve it. And, and I love how you differentiated between loving your body and feeling sexy because I've definitely had that experience where, you know, I'll go long periods of time where, you know, I'm, I'm borderline disgusted with a lot of what I see in the mirror, but then maybe I put on my favorite lingerie and I know just the right angle to take a couple of really sexy pictures where you can just like see hints of my butt cheeks. And I look at those images and I can appreciate like, well, that's actually really pretty sexy. And, you know, so I love that there's, there's space to hold all of those experiences and it doesn't have to be either or. And also, you know, there's a book by um, Terry Cole Whitaker called What You Think of Me is None of My Business. Mm. And I, I really think that way when I, you know, like I just got back from this trip and I'm looking at pictures that he took when we were out and about, you know, visiting. And I was like, I can't believe how fat I look. I look ugly. I look old. I look this, da, 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 right? And then I stop myself and I go, you know what? He doesn't seem to mind. Yeah. And I don't mind because I, I, I'm in my body. You know, we had the best time sexually Mm -hmm. and we had good time hanging out. It's like, don't create problems where there aren't any and don't, (laughs) don't, don't snatch, you know, defeat from the mouth of victory, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it helps to depersonalize and really, because Focusing on ourselves too much is a narcissistic quality. Mm-hmm. And um, 
there's a part of it that's healthy and a part of it is is not either either way yeah telling yourself you're wonderful 24 hours a day is just as bad as telling yourself you're you're shitty Mm -hmm. um there has to be balance and and um who who am i to tell him what he's attracted to yeah you You know? know i'm so glad you said that because so for our listeners we're recording this a couple of weeks ahead of when this is going to air and Elle and i actually just called in to tristan taramino's sex out loud to talk to lauren marie fleming about like body love and body positivity and i had a couple of questions you know as i was listening to them that i wanted to ask and i i ended up asking one about like online comments that are shitty Mm. but one of the other questions that i had been sitting with was Every once in a while, I will have this insecurity come up for, you know, whatever reason. And I'll think to myself, is my partner just really tolerating me because that's what you do when you love someone? You don't say shitty things about their body. That's right. Yeah. You know, or does he actually enjoy my body at least on some level? And I get kind of stuck in that place where I'm like, there, he can't possibly actually like the way that I look. He just mm-hmm. can't. You know, and and I get into this place that just feels so awful. And, you know, just like you said, I'll usually reach this point where it's kind of like, well, I just have to trust that he does because he says he does. Mm -hmm. And who am I to say that he's lying to me? Mm -hmm. And if he's lying to me, well, then none of my business. He's being really nice about it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have to kind of just be like, enough. This isn't doing me any good. And it's certainly not improving our relationship. And so just let it go. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's great to hear you say that you, you know, are kind of like, who am I to, to say how he feels and what he's attracted to? Cause I think so many of us get stuck in that place, but I think where it becomes a problem is where you let that take over and you start telling stories for mm-hmm. long periods of time, months and years where mm-hmm. that starts to take up space in the relationship. Uh, yes, 100% yes. I'm a yes to all of that. And even even if like sometimes you're with someone, you may have a lover who's very effusive and like, oh, you're so sexy. I love your body. But, you know, a lot of the time you will have a lover who's just not vocal. Mm-hmm. And and um, they may just go nuts over your body, but you just have no idea. Yeah. Uh, because people have a hard time communicating about sex, especially during sex, yeah. uh, as you know. And so you really have to put on the big girl pants <laughs> and just really look at it for what it is and look at the facts. What yeah. are the facts here? The facts are he's got a heart on. Yep. Um, the facts are he wants to fuck me. Yep. The facts are I want to fuck him. Yep. And this is where we are right now. There's nothing after this. Don't have to think about anything coming up mm-hmm. because – expectations will always get you, you know, right. screwed and not in the good way. <laughs> so, um, so it's just because we've been brought up to believe that we're not enough. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, look, when I was in high school, I was 110, 15 pounds and five, four. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was fat. Yeah. Um, I hated myself like you have no idea. And I was adorable. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, if I had stayed that way, I would have still thought the same thing about me. So yep. it doesn't have anything to do with how I look. It has everything to do with how I feel, how I feel about how I feel, you know? Yes. Oh, my God. That resonates so much. Yeah. <laughs> it? I yes. mean, I think women in general, let's just take fat out of it. But you walk down the street, go up to any woman and just say, what's your best quality and what's your worst quality? And they will spend way more time on their worst quality. Oh, and yeah. they'll have a hard time picking which one they should talk about. And yeah. um, 
And it all comes down to because people want to sell us stuff. Yeah. They want to sell us diets and yeah. and gym memberships. And they want us to be, you know, consumers. Right. Now I sound like conspiracy theorist, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's true. true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, we got a question from a listener that is kind of along this vein. And okay. so I'd love to read it to you and then we can like wax poetic about it. Oh, love it. Okay. Okay. So uh, someone named Delia wrote to the show and it says, I just stumbled on this show on Spotify and I must say I absolutely love it. I just recently listened to the episode about the 27-year-old virgin who was just finding a friends with benefits and having fun that way. And here's my predicament. I'm a big girl, and that's in quotes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how to go about that whole situation, seeing as how I'm very rarely a guy's first choice. I'm pretty sexually open for a virgin, meaning that I masturbate on a regular basis, I watch porn, I've given oral, but I've never gone all the way. And it's not because I don't want to, it just didn't feel like the right moment, but I'm starting to get really curious and impatient. So I guess I'm asking for suggestions on how to go about the situation of approaching a friend of mine or even making a new one to help rectify my situation. Would you try online approach? I just want to note that I may be comfortable with myself sexually, but I'm not entirely comfortable with my body. So that might play into why I haven't gone all the way yet. Oh, well, that's just exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot to do also with embodied consent. Mm -hmm. And um, it's if, if you want to sort of dissect this and take take out of it that she is a quote unquote big, big person or big girl, mm -hmm. um, it is it is every girl's experience. It really is because mm -hmm. you'll go to college and no matter what you look like, whatever flaw you feel you have you're going to feel like someone's not picking you because of that. Yeah. And then there will be people who will not pick you because you're a brunette or your teeth are crooked or whatever. And those are the people you, you they're, they're not your people. That's not your fan club. Those yeah. aren't the people you want to hang around with. And when you're younger, that is a lot more difficult to sort of grok. Mm -hmm. But, um, but to go about dating or go about finding a friend with benefits while, while fat is exactly the same as going about and finding one when you're thin. Yeah. And the fact that she is comfortable with herself sexually is, in my opinion, it's a win for her. Yeah. Because she can concentrate on that and she doesn't have to worry about her body. Mm -hmm. She may worry about her body, but when she's in the middle of it, she can just go, just concentrate on the sex. Yeah. Because someone is there and willing and they want to be there with you. Yeah. And the people that turn you down, it's not personal. It really isn't. I mean, it's the same thing with trolls on the internet. Like right. what the question you asked, like someone called me a, a whale or something like that on Periscope. And I just looked at it and I went, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> right. You know, I was like, wow, they really can't come up with anything that, you know, creative because they don't know me mm -hmm. and um, they they are judging me by what I look like. So I could be black and they could be racist. I right. could be, I could have no legs and be in a wheelchair. It, it, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. So feeling into her sexuality, finding her confidence there mm -hmm. to find a friend with benefits and knowing that it's within her right to go and, and um, be polite and ask somebody, you know, if they want to, you know, have sex or yeah. whatever the deal is, you know, that's part of being human. Right. Um, and also part of being human is being turned down. Yep. So uh, 
and this is a metaphor for so many other things in life. When you don't yeah. get the job that you wanted, even though you gave a great interview and you know you're perfect for it. Not personal. Right. You know, right. the person next in line might know a person who knows a person who knows the owner. Yeah. You just never know. You just never, ever know. And I would encourage this person to, to just go out and do what everybody else is doing. If they're going on, <clears throat> if they're going online on OkCupid, if they are going to what my mother used to call a mixer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. <you> know, <laughs> uh, if, you know, whatever, going on Meetup is a great way to meet, pe- meet people. Mm-hmm. It's going to Meetup.com and finding things that interest you and going to those things and just meeting people. So that's my my feeling. What's your feeling? Well, you know, I think that the the statement "I'm very rarely a guy's first choice" is really interesting because, in my experience, there are definitely certain situations and certain settings, like certain bars that I would go to, and most of the guys there are probably looking for like young, thin model looking kind of chicks that they just want to like hook up with and put another notch in their belt. So if I'm in that situation, I may get hit on, but I may not. But in other situations where I'm maybe at like a party where lots of people know each other and I can actually sit down and talk to people, it's certainly not uncommon for folks to approach me. Um, And I've had amazing success online back in the days when I was using adult friend finder and, um, Okay, Cupid for hookups, you know, I mean, I just said right in my profile, like, yeah, hey, I'm a fat woman mm-hmm. and here's what I'm interested in and here's what I'm not looking for. I and, did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I had like so many offers. I didn't know what to do. Now, of course, 99% of them were inarticulate and what? gross, but everybody that's, gets those. That's everybody. Yeah. Right. So it has nothing to do with my, my body size. Yeah. You know, and so I, I love your your suggestion of if there's somebody in mind, it's within your right to be able to ask. And if this person is is has not had intercourse yet mm-hmm. and they're looking to do that, you know, my personal preference mm-hmm. would be to do that with somebody that I knew and trusted. Yes. But that's my personal preference. So other people probably would want to do it with a total stranger so that if it was totally horrifying and awkward, because it probably will be, then you never have to see that person again. Yeah. You know, so we all get to kind of decide that's the beauty in, in, in getting to choose for ourselves, how we want that experience to unfold. And it may not unfold the way that we plan Mm because God knows life rarely does. I know. You know, but I mean, you get to decide like, is, are there a couple of friends that you know that you trust enough? that if you asked them that question, it wouldn't totally implode the relationship, then why not ask and see what happens? And if some of them take you up on it, you also get to change your mind and say, "Mm, I'm not feeling it anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, um, (laughs) I'm doing this whole um, presentation at, at, at Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit in August about internal embodied consent, which takes embodied consent to this other level. So what I would say to her is, um, if you're interested in losing your virginity just to lose your virginity, mm-hmm. that's fine. But I would ask her to really sort of dig deep and figure out why it's so important for her to lose it now yeah. or lose it at that moment. Because oftentimes we will give a verbal yes and we'll say, yeah, I do. I want to do this. But we feel badly afterwards. We, we Afterwards, we feel gross or need a shower or we don't feel happy. And it's usually those times where we realize, oh, um, I didn't do this for the reasons that I would have liked to have done this. Yeah. 
So just check in with yourself and make sure that you're making the best decision for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I was one of those people that wanted to get get it over with. Yeah. So I found a friend. I got it over with. <laughs> I, I asked him if it was in yet. And then, <laughs> that's it. And then sex again for another like six years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone's different. There's no wrong way. There isn't, you know, and yeah, my my first time was not far off from that and totally embarrassing and amazing because now I have this wonderful story about, yes. you know, the condom getting stuck inside me and him having to try and fish it out and me wanting to die. Um, but yeah, I love your your suggestion around just really digging into the why because I've talked about this before on the show and that I absolutely don't believe in the concept of virginity at all. But, you know, using this this listener's language, I mean, she's had oral sex. She's masturbated. So she's had sexual experiences. And the thing that she hasn't done, and I'm sure there's, you know, a thousand things she hasn't done, but the thing that she's really focused on is actually having some type of intercourse. And, you know, is the reason for that because you're just deathly curious about what it would be like and you are just want to actually be able to say like I tried it you know like skydiving once yeah. or are you wanting to do it because you feel like it somehow devalues you to be a virgin past a certain age yeah you know or because there's a certain element of shame and so just really understanding what your motivations are so that regardless of what the answer is, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you feel like being a virgin past a certain age is just something you really don't want, Mm -hmm. it's okay for that to be your answer, but understanding the reason. So then you can make a better choice, I think is fantastic advice. Yep. A hundred, 110% what you just said. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. What you said. Yes. (laughs) Well, I just want to thank Delia for writing in. She wrote in a couple of weeks ago and I've been sitting on this question because I wanted to wait for someone to come on who had that experience and here you are and this is perfect. Yay. Um, So we could super geek out about it. And uh, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. And then Elle, if you're up for it, I have one other question that I'd love to roll around in with you. Absolutely. Okay. So I got a question and the subject is every woman's problem. And the from name is hands-free coming, no vibrator free coming. Mm -hmm. So that'll make sense as I read this. So it says, I've got an amazing partner, even with his lack of experience. He's willing and enthusiastic about sex and wants to do it all of the time, which I've been looking for forever. Now, I was a late bloomer and didn't have sex until I was 20, and I wasn't able to orgasm until I was 25. But I've never been able to have an orgasm without a vibrator. Like, my body will build up to it a dozen times, but then just stop. I'm an avid listener to Dan Savage, as well as Sex Gets Real. I've tried doing everything he's suggested for listeners having similar issues. I've tried bringing my magic wand to bed, and it works every time but I'm trying to figure out how to convince my body to orgasm without the vibrator. It's hard to bring a vibrator when we're having sex in the shower or outside or against the back of a friend's house. And I'm at my wit's end having tried everything I can think of. So I'm hoping that you might have some thoughts. I just can't accept that some people don't orgasm during sex. I think that's bull. And I know my partner's upset that he can't make me come even with lots of attention. Please help a lady out. I desperately need it. Mm. Wow, this is such a common question, don't yeah, you think? I totally agree. 
Um, I get this a lot, and there I have a few answers for it. Um, one of the things is a very common question is, can if I use a vibrator a lot, um, will I get addicted to it? And I won't be able to come otherwise. No, you won't get addicted to it. However, if you are used to using a vibrator to come, and you want to uh, experiment other ways, put the vibrator away, and um, Try on your own without the vibrator for a while. Yeah. And it sounds like it sounds like she has and that she's getting to know her body and how she can come. Um, it is very true that some women have a hard time orgasming from uh, penetration alone. Oh, uh, yeah. Something like only 25% of women can, can come from penetration alone. Yeah. And they need clit stimulation. And, you know, look, if you're with a man and you're a woman – the clit isn't necessarily the thing that's going to be getting the most attention just through penetrative sex. Right. So bringing a vibrator into that, like a bullet vibe is, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and even so there are vibrators that are completely waterproof. Like the We Vibe Tango bullet is mm-hmm. amazing. And my favorite thing that's waterproof. But I think what my advice is to most people and most women is, is spend more time on arousal. Mm hmm. And when I say spending more time in arousal, I don't mean just throw in an extra 20 minutes with foreplay. I mean, really geek out and really investigate what arouses you. Yeah. And um, and spend time with your body slowly touching it to see what places you might have missed that might be arousing. Um, I did this and I found out that my inside of my wrists were really an erogenous zone, which mm. I never would have found out. And so if someone plays with that, well, if we go see a movie and someone's playing with the inside of my wrists, I am pretty wet by the time we get home. Nice. Um, there's also a lot of, um, there's a lot to be said about wooing mm-hmm. and not wooing in the traditional sense necessarily, but, um, but it takes a while to sort of seduce a woman. And if I may be so gendered in saying this, <laughs> But uh, I think that it is that slow build. I Mm -hmm. think we were talking about that earlier, that slow, delicious build that really gets us aroused. The teasing, like devote a weekend to it where you're just teasing each other all day long and you're not allowed to come and you're not allowed to touch each other's genitals for more than, you know, you know, two seconds at a time. You Mm -hmm. figure something out, but... I think arousal is where it's at and also staying out of your head and staying present. Yeah. Breathing, getting Barbara Corellis's book, um, Urban Tantra. Do it. Oh my God. Um, Sherry Winston's Women's Anatomy of Arousal Mm -hmm. and Emily Nagoski's book will explain a lot to her, um, Come As You Are. Yeah. Which is changing the way we've all thought about, um, about arousal. Yes. Um, because the more that you can discover about yourself, I'm still discovering things about my body that I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. You, I came from that? Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, like I can, I can be super turned on and just not come anyway because I've got a lot of my mind or mm-hmm. I'm enjoying myself anyway. Yeah. It's so complicated. But I think the first thing to do is just to um, wean off the vibrator for a little bit and just try experimenting with, with hands, with dildos with whatever what do you think well i i love so much of that i only masturbated with vibrators and objects until Mm -hmm. i was in my late 20s and then i kind of had this moment of like why am i not touching myself 
And so I kind of took myself off of all toys and I started using only my hands to masturbate. And then it became my very, 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 very favorite thing in the world. But it was such a different experience because, you know, with my vibrators, I could orgasm depending on the day, sometimes in 30 seconds and then be done with it. Mm-hmm. And with my hands, it always took yeah. at least a half an hour, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now kind of depending on if I'm already aroused and flirty, when I go to touch myself, it's much faster, but right. you know, it was such a difference in the way the sensations moved through my body mm-hmm. and actually noticing the different levels of wetness that I achieved depending yes. on where I was in my arousal cycle. Yep. You know, and, and knowing that certain types of flicks or pressure would be too much too soon. Mm -hmm. And so I'd have, you know, I really had to get my, to know myself and it took a long time, you know, I mean, many, many months of doing that before I really started kind of figuring it out and feeling like, Oh, I got Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. You know? And so I think giving permission. And the other thing was I, you know, when I was doing that, Orgasms would have been great, but it wasn't the reason I was doing it. The reason I was doing it is because I really wanted to know my body and have mm-hmm. have these really intimate experiences with myself. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, there there are there are situations where if I'm chasing an orgasm, it can happen, but it's a very specific circumstance where, you know, I'm hyper aroused already. And I know if I just do this one other thing, I can throw myself over the edge. Mm -hmm. But if I'm like, Oh my God, when am I going to come? Am I going to come this time? Mm -hmm. And how long can I keep doing this? And is he getting bored? And so I'm starting to yell the thinky, like Mm -hmm. there's just no way, no way, there's no way the orgasm is going to happen. You just have to give up the idea of having an orgasm. Yes. And yeah. 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 And you know, I've, I had a friend of mine who for many, many years really struggled with orgasm. And the thing that she hated the most was when her partner took it on as a personal challenge. And so it, it kind of worries me a little bit that the email ends with my partner is upset that he can't make me come. Right. And I understand as a partner, when you really want to give this thing to your lover and Mm -hmm it's just not going to happen, but it's not your partner's job to make Mm-mm. you come. And it's not his personal mission to make you come. Mm-mm. And I think what your partner needs to do is just find ways to maximize your enjoyment. Yes. And if and he, get you out of your head, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like help you stay in the pleasure instead of either of you worrying about if an orgasm is going to happen. Yeah, you know, I would also suggest, um, I think that you're right on with that because um, you're responsible for your own orgasm. Mm -hmm. And part of that is learning your body and learning what turns you on, your different states of arousal and all of that that we were just talking about. But also, if if she wants to also know what it feels like to have someone touch her in a very different way, a yoni massage is a a mutual masturbation is an amazing way Mm -hmm. to... um, to enjoy each other. I'm teaching a mutual masturbation class at uh, pleasure chest in West Hollywood on the 22nd of May. Uh. Um, but it is a great way to, um, to become intimate, to mm-hmm. see how 
you like to be turned on, show, I mean, show your partner how you like to be uh, aroused, how you like to be touched. And, um, and the more that you are aware of your own body, the more that is, uh, is helpful for them and they will understand that it is, um, it's, it's not up to them. It's up to, to you. And if they want to facilitate it, help you get out of your head. Yeah. And I I also just want to say to this listener, like, you aren't broken Mm -hmm. if a toy is what it takes for you to orgasm during intercourse. Like, in no way does that mean there's anything wrong with you. And, you know, I think all of us bring so many different things into into our sexual experiences, you know, trauma and shame and... Uh, hangups and fantasies and past experiences that inform current experiences and myths from the culture around us. And so there are a lot of people out there in all different kinds of bodies who don't orgasm from intercourse, who don't orgasm with partners even, who just can Mm -hmm. only orgasm when they're on their own. Mm -hmm. And all of that is like super normal and okay. So, you know, I just want to make sure that our listener isn't like trying to force something to be true and instead getting just really curious about the journey to find out what's true now and also allowing for that story to change because the way you're experiencing orgasm in your body now in your mid twenties is probably going to be really different by the time you get into your mid thirties and then your mid Mm forties and your mid fifties. Oh my God. Yes. It changes. Right. Right. And I totally love your suggestion for urban Tantra, like learning breathing and how to like move pleasure through your body. I mean, that could totally revolutionize the way you're experiencing your orgasms and pleasure. Yeah. And I think that it it also bears mentioning that, you know, we come from a culture of, of instant gratification and certainly whenever we watch TV or movies or whatever, where, um, we're seeing people come immediately Mm -hmm. and that's just not realistic. People don't come immediately like that. It takes time and, and, um, and for everyone it's different and there's nothing wrong with that. There are women who are my age who have never had an orgasm. You know, there are women who come all the time and go through parents where they can't come yeah so it's just it, everybody's a snowflake yes <laughs> a pretty little snowflake pretty little snowflake <laughs> that's right yeah. <laughs> and the awesome thing about being your pretty little snowflake is you're constantly changing that's right yeah you're, you're right 100%. Yep. yeah totally the sex i'm having now is totally different from the sex i was having 10 years ago thank god right right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank god keeps getting better let's hope (laughs) that's right well according to joan price it does so i'm gonna trust her (laughs) (laughs) well uh we are definitely at the end of our hour and so l i would love for you to tell our listeners uh you know well we we gushed about ladycheeky.com but uh, how can they stay in touch with you and find out the classes that you're offering and what's going on for you and follow along on social media and all that good stuff Oh, thank you. Um, you can go to lchase.com, E-L-L-E chase.com. Um, also on social media, I'm usually the L chase on Twitter and Facebook and, 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 uh, Instagram, which I'm obsessed with at the moment. And, uh, uh, yeah. And then shevibe.com for the coloring book and, uh, and smut for smarties.com is my blog. So there's lots Yay. of different places. Yes. <laughs> 
So uh, all of our listeners, I'm going to have all of the links to Elle's websites and social media on sexgetsreal.com for this episode. I'll also have a link to the She Vibe coloring book and also to um, the some of the books and some of the porn that we talked about too. And then Elle, remind us again when your book is, is coming out. It's coming out January 20th of next year. Awesome. So yeah. as that approaches, I will remind all of our listeners so that we can all just like rush to grab it when it comes out. Thank you. Yay. And Yay. yeah, I just want to thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Oh, thank you for, for having me. I was so honored that you asked. Oh, yes. And this was long overdue and so fun. Oh, so much fun. Yes. So to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. You can go to sexgetsreal.com to submit your own questions and stories and to also check all the links from this episode. Be sure to go to iTunes and leave a review. Even if you're listening on like Spotify or Stitcher, those reviews help our podcast placement get higher in the ranks so that even more people can be sex positive and learn all this amazing stuff. So thank you so much. This is Dawn Sarah with Sex Gets Real. I will talk to you next week. Bye.